Where was the last one you lived in? Uh, right off Riverside. Oh, it was okay. great. Yeah, Greenbrier's cool. I like a little extra space. There's a really cute produce stand out there. Oh, really? So, fresh eggs. I'm, I like that. <laughs> a lot of open land, farmland mm -hmm. and stuff. Our yard is huge. Really? I picked a ton of blackberries out there the other day. Damn. So, it was a good afternoon. Blackberries? Yeah. I love blackberries. Me too. You can like freeze them and then make great blackberry cobbler with them. Mm -hmm. They jam. will not make it very far though. I just grab them by the handful. I'm sure <laughs> eating them right yeah. away. I guess bears aren't really a thing in North Tennessee, not, are they? Not that I've noticed, but... Okay. <laughs> Just whenever I see blackberries or any sort of berry, I'm like... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think of that too for some reason. I don't know if that's like a cartoon. Yeah, I think it is. I don't know. Yeah. Branding it's for like some you sort see of jam. Carrots or like rabbits. Yeah. yeah. We forget. Like, pop culture is very much shaped and by Instilled yeah. <laughs> our, some more of our reality or perspective on reality. Think of all the, like, opera music you know only because of Bugs Bunny. Oh my gosh, yeah. And that like bald fat guy singing <laughs> it or whatever. Yeah, it was a whole shtick. They, but they did us a favor. Yeah. That stuff would have never lasted into future generations, probably. <laughs> or we wouldn't care about it, or it wouldn't seem familiar or interesting to us at all, if not for cartoons. Right. Yeah, they really did sculpt a lot of our like archetypal perspectives on everything. Mm-hmm. All the, our archetypes are based on our childhood villains and <laughs> superheroes and whatnot. Totally. That's why it's so important to be thoughtful in the creation of those things. And the networks now are doing a good job, it seems, you know, trying to diversify the voices and subject matter. I think that's good. Yeah, I don't know if they're as dark as they were in the 90s, though. <laughs> well, maybe they saw what it did to us, and they were like, maybe we should not It desensitized the whole generation. <laughs> yeah, Ren and Stimpy, we're weird now, and no one's surprised. And, uh, what is it? Cow and Chicken? Mm-hmm. And Cat was, Dog? Yeah, I, I never got to watch Cat Dog. Oh, really? I don't know why. Or Edda and Nettie? That, that was pretty weird. Kablam was my Kablam. favorite. Did you ever see that? Is that on uh, Nickelodeon? Uh-huh. Okay. It was like a comic book as a cartoon. So you had two hosts, Henry and June, and they were the hosts of the comic book or whatever. And so it would they would have little skit-type things for different comics in the book. Um, there was one, the Action League Now, the Prometheus and Bob. There were... You just need to watch an episode. Was just it a, like get a little stone and watch an episode. Was it a late night cartoon or was it like a during the day kind of cartoon? It seemed like day. Oh. I I don't remember watching many cartoons at night. I was a very Nick at Night gal. Yeah. I really liked the classic shows like Ken Kel. More classic like, like um, Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and, and Shirley. <laughs> All the, like the Jeffersons, oh, um, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like the Fonz was my first crush. I will say that was like my the first person that I was ever like I would like their attention. I think there's something interesting about them. But now I think I just wanted to be the Fonz. I dressed up 
as him for Halloween a couple years ago, and it felt great. Yeah. Maybe this is maybe that was the real me. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a pretty fun persona to take on. Mm-hmm. But everyone was asking if I was upset at them the next day because I didn't do what I normally do, which is just greet people with hugs. And I was like playing the character. You know, oh, so you're trying like, to, oh, let's just keep my hands in my pockets, you know, I'm like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we're concerned and confused. So you took it, really took it on I for did. a night. That's awesome. I love it when people actually get into their costume or play the role of their character instead of just wearing it. I had to because the costume wasn't very good. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Nashville Artist Podcast. I'm Jordan, and today Caroline Bowman is here. Welcome. Hi. Thanks welcome. for having me. Yeah, welcome to my house. <laughs> So, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Northeast Alabama, a small town called Rainsville. Not, not much going on there. Uh, then I moved to Tuscaloosa to go to school at University of Alabama, and then I moved here. Okay. What did you study at University of Alabama? Psychology. Yeah, my parents are really stoked on <laughs> how that's going. But I use it every day. You're right. I mean, Who doesn't? I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's great to know a little bit about yourself and other people. Yeah. So do you have any siblings? I do. I have a younger sister, Liz. She works at NASA. She's wow. very impressive. Yeah. Wow. NASA. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we were space camp kids. That's awesome. So the space camp to actually working at NASA pipeline does work, apparently, uh, if, you, if you care that much. Yeah. So the space camp was fun. Where, what part of Alabama was that? That's in Huntsville, Huntsville, which is like an hour yeah. from where I grew up. That's where my parents are. Well, that's where my whole family is now, Huntsville. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's not far from where I grew up. I grew up looking out in Georgia. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that's really An hour close. or so. Yeah. Awesome. So what, what were you into when you were a kid? Uh, <laughs> the Sims. I remember a lot of playing The Sims. And... Uh, as I got into like my preteen years, I started getting more into music a little bit. I liked um, extracurricular stuff at school. I was very involved in school stuff, um, church, just uh, community stuff, I guess, like things that involved doing things together, which I think has... I liked that, so I carried that through my life, I think. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely say you're an organizer. <laughs> like, you're very good at structuring big plans for people to attend. I but. just, uh, I got really good at asking people to do stuff and then and convincing them to actually do it. And uh, ends up being really fun, so we do it again. <laughs> right. That's great. That's like a form of speech craft. <laughs> And you just gotta speak yeah, it into being. Right. Just imagine this is the final result. Now you get to be a part of yeah, it. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Uh, <laughs> That's where the psychology comes exactly. in. Exactly. And it's not. Persuasion. Yes. Sometimes I'm like, is that manipulation? But I think it's more just presenting people with what I think could be. And exactly. then being like, well, that does sound pretty fun. I'm like, I know doesn't it that's why i want to do it yeah. that's what i'm trying to do so 
And then you're like, you could be a pillar in this. <laughs> I need you to do yeah. it. <laughs> Would you please? <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, that people. I mean, is there's always good intention behind it, and it becomes bigger than everyone. So、mm. I'd say it's the best kind of persuasion. Yeah. You know? Thank you. Yeah, that's powerful. I mean, it takes special person to have that kind of skill and then wield it for good. You know. <laughs> That's really nice. I really just feel like a tool in the、uh, the will of the community in general, and I just listen and try to do what people want or need. Right. Answer the call. Yeah. The bat signal goes up. Right. <laughs> people are wanting this, and you put the plans together and give it to them. It's awesome. So, like, whenever I see your art and stuff, you do graphic design as well.、Mm-hmm. How did you get into that? Necessity, like most things I've learned to do over the years, it was just like we needed posters, or we needed a website, or we needed whatever it is, and for cold lunch、mm-hmm. recordings, and somebody had to do it, and we didn't have much money. We still don't have much money, but someone needed to do it, and I thought, well, I could try. And then I really fell in love with it, and now it's、uh, I design something probably every day. Wow! So, what do you?、Uh, or sorry, what did you say? <laughs> well, it's just like really taken on like a life I didn't expect. That's great. It's fun. What、uh, what do you use like Canva or? What、uh, apps do you use? I use Illustrator,、okay. Adobe.、Uh, I started getting into animation, which is harder. It's so hard. So you have to like code everything. <laughs> It's more like making the layers and then deciding what objects move in what way. I do very basic stuff at the moment, like six second. Like make something shimmer. Yeah. Yeah, it's more like moving show posters for Instagram,、oh, okay. kind of like make things sparkle, or,、mm-hmm. yeah. or spin, or change color, or something eye-catching. Yeah, yeah. captivating. That's, <laughs> that's the game on the internet、It、now.、Is. Please、is. look, just one extra second. Please pay attention to this thing. <laughs> it's great. It's everyone's got to become their own marketing、mm. agent or whatever. It's tough,、um, especially for people who aren't interested in that and don't really care to learn to do that. We can't all do everything.、Right. There are a ton of things that I can't or don't have time to do.、Yeah. So I'm happy to be able to fill that gap for people and myself. I do really enjoy it. Yeah. Well, you're able to be like, you're really good at this. You're really good at this. If you do this, this, and this, we're gonna have this together.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like you said, we can't all be good at everything. So, spotting other people's strengths is a very good thing for、mm. your organizing. <laughs> It's fun to do. You make a lot of friends that way. So, how long have you been doing the graphic design? Like, hmm, it was such a slow process. But I guess I started really getting serious about it maybe four years ago. I had a good friend just. He saw that I was struggling, like trying to make posters in very rudimentary ways, and he had gone to school for design. and He said, "I can t- 
teach you this really great program quickly and you can do whatever you want with it but I can teach you the tool and then let you run and I was not super enthusiastic at first because it is difficult to learn a new program but as soon as I that like opened up a door to me oh I can I can actually do the things that I see in my mind so then I could spit them out a lot faster they were getting a lot better and with the amount that I do it's it's been good to get better faster <laughs> it's a great investment in yourself mm-hmm. yeah and I really enjoy it. It gives me an excuse to look at older art that I really appreciate, like that stuff you're showing me of your grandma's. Beautiful work, exactly what I like. And when I I have an excuse to just put things like that, lovely things in my mind, so when I need to go back and pull out things, that's the bank that I have. So I like that part of it too. Yeah. You can like hold a nostalgic bank in your brain and mm-hmm. then bring it out on your campus Mm -hmm. so when did you move to nashville i think eight years ago it was the day i graduated college really the day the day i didn't even go to graduation (laughs) it was such a huge school you know i wasn't really interested in the whole that's a big sec school yeah it was football yeah football Uh, (laughs) we always got to talk about the football we were very good when i was there and we're I guess still good. So I guess we'll see. Football season's coming up. Yeah. But that was like drilled in everyone's head. Yeah. I didn't... You just don't think that much about it when you're there. Yeah. I never knew any... I never got a choice of where I was going to go to school. Oh, uh, really? Your parents were like, you got to go to Alabama. Mm-hmm. You live in Alabama, you could out Alabama. Yeah. I, I never, never crossed my mind to go anywhere else. Oh, wow. So... But what made you decided to move to Nashville. Nashville's always been the city from where I'm from. So there are very few people you'll hear of like someone's cousin or someone moving to Nashville. And that meant they were pursuing something. That meant they were doing something. They were doing well. So from a young age, for me, I wanted to be in the city. I wanted to be where things were. And now I like it because it's only a couple hours away from my family. And it's very easy to make community connections here nice genuinely nice people very talented people um you run into people everywhere you go and i like that so yeah it's still got the southern charm Mm -hmm. friendly hospitable Mm -hmm. but big enough to expand your whatever project you get into exactly nice okay cool so you just wanted to get out of your small town basically (laughs) Yeah. What What's like something you've really learned living here? Hmm. I have... I got like flooded with information from the time I graduated high school to now, my early 30s, about a ton of different things, particularly social justice topics and, you know, the state of our country. I think that's something that living in the city and being around other people who are paying attention to that, I never really got that growing up, so... That's probably been one of my favorite things here is learning about that, observing other people's ability to really make a change in our city. I think we'll, we're working on a lot of stuff right now. But it's interesting to be 
in this blue place in a red sea, you know? So I guess just picking up knowledge about a ton of things. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> when did you get into cold launch recordings? Mm. So when I, just before I moved to Nashville, I, I minored in journalism and I got assigned a beat in one of my classes. And so I started doing my journalism papers on local music, which there wasn't a ton, but there was enough to write papers about. And I realized I really liked that. And I was learning kind of about the other side of music that's not necessarily making it. And so when I was thinking about what I wanted to do when I got up here, I got a job at Opryland at the front desk, but I also wanted to do something on the side, you know, learn something, intern somewhere. So I emailed a ton of record labels in town and only one got back to me. <laughs> and it was Palver Records. <clears throat> that, and they put out Margot Price's record before she was Margot's her band. Uh, and a lot of other great stuff, Alan Thompson. Uh, but they had a weekly showcase at what was then Bar every Thursday every single Thursday and that's a lot of shows but I started working with them working the door at those shows so I met everyone quickly and Gary became one of my best friends so fast Gary Brannigan and introduced me to everyone and every time someone new would come in the door he would kind of whisper in my ear what their deal was you know who that was what bands they played with what I needed to know so I picked up a ton really quickly. And after a few years of that, there was kind of some movement, some guys moving on with their lives. You know, you get to a certain age and you just start kind of thinking about what do I really want to do? And when there was an opportunity, they asked me to come on board as a permanent part of the label. And in that whole shuffle, we decided to rebrand and redirect. So. Cold Lunch was born, and we decided to kind of focus more on a certain genre, lean heavier on the events, and kind of just try to focus on growth. And it's been a really cool journey so far. So. And so it changed names? Yeah, it changed. I mean, it changed, like, entirely. It, but still, the core of it was the same, which was finding good bands and connecting people and growing the community. And this was, what, five years ago? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Maybe five and a half now. How many bands are, like, under recording or...? Mm, I'd say maybe 16. Nice. We've put out, we put out a ton of things. We had a cassette series for a while where Azal Khan, I don't know if you know him, he's, like, one of the best audio engineers in town that he would do a show for us and and we would take a cassette player and record straight from his board and we would get like two songs from every band as they played and as soon as that second song from the last band got cut we would go over to our tape duplicator in the same room and so everybody could walk out with a tape of the show that they just heard mixed really well so that That's was fun. Really cool. So we don't count all those, obviously, or it would be dozens and dozens of bands. <laughs> but through little stuff like that, we 
we've worked with a ton of bands in town. Wow. Do you have, do y'all have any events coming up? We have some shows. We're starting to plan some record release shows too. It's been interesting to kind of ease back into it. Trying to figure out the climate at the moment, you know, with variants and all that. We're in a, uh, an interesting time and I have health issues. So I have to be very careful about where I spend, you know, what I do in, in my body right. to stay healthy. Sure. Uh, but I want everyone to be healthy, so it's sure. just a lot of things to think about for now. But I hope it takes a long time to plan big events. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping in the spring we'll have some bigger things again. But I'm willing to be patient if it means we'll all be able to get together safely. Right. Right. Do you have any like plans? that aren't big organizing, like organizing plans, like art plans or anything like that you want to pursue? Mm-hmm. Well, like, we've got like the the shows and stuff, like the Rackoats have an album coming out, Full Mood has an EP coming out, we're working with Nightingale on her album. Cool. We've got a ton of stuff in the pipeline that's just kind of like over the next few months we'll be doing some shows. But the big stuff, it's just kind of like brain soup right now. I just kind of like throw ideas in there and let them simmer for a while. And then when the time comes, we'll be ready. Awesome. <laughs> like for like another speed fest and another Bob fest. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. We're uh, last in 2020, we had plans to have speed fest, our, our second speed fest or maybe third in Austin for South by. And we were planning Fest Atlanta. I had just gone to Chicago to scout locations, so we were we were dabbling in other places. We want to get our crew out there. We have such a great group of musicians here, and it's always growing. And I want to travel with them, so that's been a goal that I hope we'll reach in the next couple of years. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Speedfest Italy. Yeah. Worldwide, yeah. baby. I'm trying to take this international. Definitely. Speedfest Pompeii. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Speedfest Mars. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. We have too many problems here. We should focus on it. Yeah. Yeah, Speedfest Russia. <laughs> cool. Well, is there anything else about your... Cold lunch recordings for graphic design that I haven't asked you. And then you did a great job. You're doing great. I know yeah. I kind of bounce all over the place. So yeah. mm, those are kind of my big two things at the moment. I have other little projects I'm working on, but nothing really promotable at the moment. What is a so? What's like a daily routine for you? <laughs> it's different every day, which uh-huh. I really like. I usually get up and check all my emails and do a little design work, cook some breakfast, go for a walk. I started back working at Vinyl Tap again, so that's been fun. I've been working there since we opened like years ago, so that's been nice to get back in that swing of things and more design work. I spend a lot of I spend a lot of time on my computer. I have it in the car right now. Oh, so yeah. like <laughs> if I have a free moment between this and the next thing I have to do, I'll have to I have to 
edits make something yeah sure that's awesome <laughs> but it's fun i i hear from different people every day and i really like that yeah staying connected mm. being a part of the community mm. what's like some advice you'd give to someone who wants to move here and pursue art music mm. i will pass on the best advice i ever got and I don't even know who it came from or why I was speaking to this man about my the very beginning of my career here. But I asked him for a piece of advice and he just said, do what you say you're going to do. And I thought at the time, well, how simple is that? Obviously, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. Everyone does, don't they? And no, they don't. And that simple rule of holding yourself accountable in that way and being dependable will get you very far. Definitely, that's a great piece of advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I try to live by that. I mean, it's tougher than it sounds. It is, and people that do do that are very intimidating to people that are not, that do not keep their word. Mm. And it's, I mean, life is hard. Mm. Life is unpredictable, and there are always times where you're going to get in over your head, and that's okay, too. But to communicate that is also very important. Exactly. And it's okay. No one's, no one expects perfection from anyone, but communication's great. And that's how you work successfully with someone. It's just, I'll do this, you do that. If I mess this up, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you why. And then... Yeah. And then we'll move, move on. on. Someone yeah. else will do it or... Well, yeah, because the faster you communicate things, the faster it's more efficient, extremely totally. efficient. I've seen a lot of projects die in the water because there was just some link that got broken. But so many things happened just because we decided it would. Right. Know? People think they'll read my mind. I don't have to yeah. tell them. Not the case. No, we can barely read our own minds. Exactly. It's, it's hard enough to figure out what you're thinking, so. It's like a form of passive aggression. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can't figure you out, but mm -hmm. I'm going to act a certain way to make you, you know. I try to be very open and face value. I'm right, right here. Right, you know? It's It's helped me a lot in life, and I expect Definitely. that from my friends and coworkers, Definitely. too. Definitely. Yeah, it's a respectable trade. I mean, being up front, you always know what you're going to get. Mm. You never have to worry, you know, do they really mean that? Because I feel like some people live in a, like a very dualist, dual, like a duality reality where they're like, I'll tell the truth this time, but I'll lie this time. Mm. And then it's like, you're like separating, your, splitting yourself in two. Mm. And it's a very bad trait to to have because then you're lying to yourself i just have so much going on in my mind all the time i just don't have room right for that added stress that, that baggage of <laughs> yeah. having, having to remember what you said to people yeah i just uh, i or or being in relationships that i can't fully tell what is going on and a lot of that also means being able to tell yourself i don't know what's going on in their lives I can't know if someone lets me down or we lose communication or something doesn't go the way that I had planned or thought it would. 
I can get wrapped up in thinking about why all day if I want to, but it doesn't do either of us any good. So just having like that compassion in your heart and knowing that sometimes life is just hard and moving on, not letting it get in your way of productivity and leaving the door open for some other project to work together, you know, there, there's plenty of opportunity for that. And I don't know, there's a lot of like decisiveness about whether someone means what they say or they're gonna, they're good or bad or not. And it's just not, that's not realistic. That's not how humans operate. So leaving room for that compassion and forgiveness and growth from in in my position leaves a ton of room for people to to come to us later when they are ready or you know giving them an opportunity and then just seeing what happens i made a lot of great friends that way and found a lot of great artists who maybe didn't know they were great artists yet but they were given the chance and the and the love and then they made something great right they felt encouraged. Mm. Yeah. People desire to be desired, so mm -hmm. giving them a little love will propel them to like mm -hmm. actually believe in themselves. Yeah, that's awesome. You said you worked at Vinyl Tap since the beginning. How long has it been around? Probably four years, I think. Okay. Maybe coming up on five. Um, I really wanted that job. I never had a job I liked before, really. Uh, I guess I did like my very first job right out of high school. Um, I was writing for like community magazines, like co-op magazines. That was a fun job, but I didn't know because it was my first job, so I didn't know how to compare it to terrible jobs. Right. But now that I've had terrible jobs, I really like this one. When you got to Nashville, was your like, progression? Worked at this restaurant or like... Mm. I worked at Opryland at the front desk for a few years, I think maybe three or four years. I worked as a concierge there and I would go straight from work to food bar or straight from work to whatever event I was supposed to be working door at. And I was tired a lot, but it was, you know, when you're in your 20s, you're like, I can do anything. I don't need to sleep. And then eventually I hated that job so bad. It's not even that bad of a job. I just hated it so much that I was crying before work, like every day. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this job anymore. I need to do something different. So I just quit and kind of hopped around between a few gigs. I worked at a sushi burrito restaurant for a few weeks. I worked at a little shop on Fatherland. I worked you know, like we all have to do, just gigging. Right. And then landed that job and really like it, so. Okay, then you ended the final tab job. Mm -hmm. Nice. I sell records and I get to make people listen to what I want to listen to that day. And now I'm doing more of the, like, booking for entertainment in there when we start to do that again and social media stuff. So all the fun organizing stuff. Yeah. And you get to get, connect with people over beers. Or, yeah. Uh, it's great. <laughs> does it ever get slammed? Yeah. 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, sometimes. Like, is it the weekend? Usually, but last week, Tuesday, wild. Yeah. The packed house. I do, it's impossible to predict. Okay. I've never been there when it was, like, super packed. It's mm. always, I've always been there, like, in the afternoon. There's, like, three people at the bar. And, mm. I'm and then, like, when you had your thing there, mm. that was pretty packed. But, like... The friends of mine stuff? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I, I think we'll probably pick that back up. That was fun. Um, and then going to France. <laughs> that is the most dangerous part of that job is that it's walking. You can see the door of France from Vinyl Tap and I'm always like, I could go for just one. Just one little beer. Sing a tune. <laughs> I, I cannot get out of there before they close. I can't do it. I try. I, I just end up staying till close. I don't know why. It's my favorite place in the world. I know. It's, it's so wonderful. It's The first time I went there, I was like, this is like really awesome, but it seems so random. Because <laughs> like the, the crowd is so diverse. It's mm -hmm. like older people that have like, that has been their hole in the wall bar for decades. Mm -hmm. And then there's like all like young East Nashville hipster artsy people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hilarious. And the interaction is beautiful. Yeah. Like, everyone gets along. Yeah. Everyone has a great time. I love it when, uh, I don't know her name, but the owner, when she comes up and sings. Trina. Trina. <laughs> that's always fun. And I love, how, I love how curt she is. She's like, no. And then everyone's like, mm -hmm. okay, we understand. <laughs> I love that. How she's just like. It, you know it's her bar you know i mean it's great she always has some kind of sassy exactly on the tip of her tongue i was there last night for one beer um and the the guy comes up next to me and he says can i get change for this and she goes i'm a bar ain't i like obviously and he was so he just said yes ma'am yeah she she's always has something fiery mm -hmm. i I hope they find a new spot. Oh, really? Are they having to move? I There are a lot of changes happening in Nashville right now. Oh. So, Another bar was in conflict. Like, I guess I, it's not doing as well financially. or It's doing fine. It's just land developers, I think, coming in. And uh, much like homeowners, they get offered these great deals. Too good of a deal, yeah. And, what do we do? You know? Yeah, we can't convince them not to take the. Mm. You know, it's, it's our livelihood. Yeah, and I can understand, but it is not doing the creative community the any favor. I mean, we're holding tightly to our to our bars. I know they're starting slowly to get taken over by freaking uh, tourists. I and know. Stuff. I mean, East Nashville used to be this little creative. I mean, it still is, but little hub of mm. like locals and in the bar i work sunday mornings so i and i have a lot of bachelorette parties or really? people with suitcases on their way out and so it's and that's deep in inglewood you know that's not vinyl tab is not right in a downtown or any you know right. it's like in the heart of our neighborhood so you know but it's okay. Madison's coming up. Madison's going to be cool. Yeah. 
That's true. East Nashville is just going to keep moving yeah. north. It'll be fine. I do have a lot of opinions about our local government. Oh, yeah? What's going on in the local government then? <laughs> I don't know if you know about the promotion that the governor's doing right now to get tourists to come. He's We, we as taxpayers, are paying people's airfare to come here. What? Yes. Which we don't need to do. How is he making it afford like airfare more affordable for tourists? He's. I don't understand. Like he's straight up paying airfare. He's for, like for he's him. like if your flights to Nashville, I'll pay for it. No matter what company it's for. I haven't seen all the details, and from the sounds of it, it was not really discussed amongst anybody else. In. That sounds so ridiculous. It is ridiculous. We need better schools and yeah. food banks and, yeah. I don't know, public transit would be nice. Right. There are a ton of things that we could do that would Yeah, where's the sky actually, rail? Yeah, yeah. We don't need more helicopters and yeah. we don't need more tourists. Yeah. But no one asked me, so <laughs> I am slowly trying to work my way into government. That's one of my, like, little secret dreams is being involved in. Oh, or, like, creating a bar downtown and then using that money to fund East Nashville. Something. Like, I'd like to start building, like, adult playgrounds. Mm. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Equipment that can just anyone can use, but it's built mm. for adults, like monkey bars and shit. Oh. Where can you go for that? Right. Nowhere. <laughs> And it would promote health and community and fun, you know. I love that. Yeah. I'm behind it. I would go. But I need like, you know, twenty thousand dollars to do that. Thirty thousand dollars. Which hopefully, you know, in the future I'll be able to afford that and then just <laughs> donate them. You know what I mean? That would be great. I I don't know how I feel about the future of finances in our country for young people. But Yeah, it's a tough game it is it is uh and i'm all the time looking for solutions but it's gonna have to change on a lot of different levels before we can really thrive right so i just find the more financially stable you are the more help like in time you have to donate exactly. to whatever you did know? you get to do the unemployment thing no, during i didn't take that no. I... I worked I worked through all that, and then I really I did every I had seven different jobs at one point. What? Yeah, I just are you okay? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, now I I only you know I have my detailing business, mm. and I do bartending for a catering company, but I make my money detailing cars now, mm. so I don't have to work. Mm. You know, like seventy, yeah. eighty hour, whatever. You know what I mean? I first got here, I was working as many jobs as I could. Totally. You know? But now that I don't have to kill myself, mm -hmm. I can spend time on this and mm -hmm. my drumming, you know. And imagine if there was even less pressure on you to think about that part, about survival. Mm -hmm. um, and God forbid something unfortunate happened. You know, I worry a lot about people our age in our situations, something happening. Like with my health stuff, I had a a thing in college and then it came back again later but my bill was going to be half a million dollars good 
God. Yeah. Did you have private health insurance? The first time I did, uh, I was under 24, so I was still on my parents. And then I had insurance my second time, but it was not great. Uh, and what I have is considered a catastrophic occurrence. So, yeah, it was just going to be... And I thought, I'll never... How would I ever get out of that debt? I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know what that means. I mean, luckily... I appealed to Vanderbilt and they forgave my entire debt, but that's not the case for everyone. And health costs. It's ridiculous. We we're better than that as a country. It should not cost them five hundred thousand dollars. Good God! It shouldn't cost them anything. We. I don't. Again, there are many things I have opinions on, um, but no one asked me. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of conflict. I still feel like America is so young. We have to figure out mm. how to, to, what to do with the amount of number mm. of people who are here and the size of the geography of the land. Mm. Like, it's like know, we grew too it's like, fast yeah, to uh, keep a grip on ourselves. Yeah, like we're like still trying to other. figure out how to manage what we have. Mm. Yeah, we just need to hurry up because yeah. there are larger nations than us that have fallen over the history of the world and we think it can't happen to us but yeah no we sit too idle. yeah we need something catastrophic to i mean pandemic that's pretty bad say <laughs> did humble a lot of people yes and kind of ground us probably as worldwide mm. i mean so it's just like kind of like World War II that shook mm. the world. Everyone then had a new appreciation for life. Mm. It's like we haven't had that in so long. Mm. I guess the two towers when they got hit, but I don't know, not nothing. Nothing has been as unifying, I think, as the pandemic. I like to think it will be unifying in its way, but I uh, it'll be interesting to see how people lean whether we'll lean together or or choose not to. Yeah. Who knows what the next 10 years are going to be like. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we kind of went on a tangent there. I do cool. that. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. That's great. That's the way. I'm... All right. Well, is there anything that I haven't asked that you would like to say about mm. anything? Cold Lunch is always growing. We're always trying to do new projects and encourage new artists and make new fun things happen so if anybody this is me putting the bad signal out like if anyone's interested in doing stuff hit us up we like to do things collaborate yeah yeah okay cool all right last question what is something absurd you love to do oh hmm i am pretty obsessed right now with the 60s okay. uh so i love to watch soul train reruns when i'm sad that's pretty that's how i cure myself i like i spend way too much time shopping online for 60s vintage clothing yeah i think that's probably wow. my weird thing right now that's awesome <laughs> 60s vintage clothing is great yeah i love the 60s i feel very connected to that time okay awesome thank you for being on here <laughs> thank you for having me 
uh, I hope you enjoyed this wild ride of a conversation. <laughs> it's great. It's what it's what this is for. <laughs> did it go okay? Did we do good? We did.